Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Milk Saver on the go is the mini version of the wildly popular original milk saver that collects your leaking breast milk. Uh, And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout uh, makes safe and effective and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, and styling and body care products produced and packaged in the USA. Um, We'll hear more from our sponsors later, um, but I want to say these sponsors make this podcast possible. So please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you need anything, please check there first. If you're a listener and you like this podcast, try to give our sponsors some business. um, And that's at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can scroll down and you can enter your email address and you can get the episode sent right to your inbox. So you don't have to remember that it's Monday because who wants to remember that it's Monday? Ugh, every day's the same. But right now, Diane has our review of the week. Yes, I do. It came from our Gmail and it comes from Tori. And she said, this podcast has saved my sanity. So much amazing information that has really helped me relax and enjoy breastfeeding my little one. I'm actually a nurse and am now considering becoming a lactation consultant to help new moms know all the facts when breastfeeding. I'm telling all my mom friends about you guys. P.S. Wish I would have found this podcast two days sooner than I did. I thought I had to pump and dump after a mommy's night out. I was totally oh, fine no. when I got home and dumped six ounces down the drain. Yes, oh, I was heartbroken. Keep on being badass. Never dump your breast like, do milk. You know what? I know, but you know what? So many people have done it. Oh, my God. I know. It yeah. happens. It does. It happens. But now you know. Or just pretend like you accidentally spilled it and I feel know. less bad. Yeah. But now you know that you don't have to do that. And you're spreading the love to all the other new mommies, which we love. And we have a pretty, like, we get a lot of messages from nurses. And I love that. I really do because that really kind of it kind of like solidifies how we yeah. always talk about, you know what, in the medical field, they don't really get that kind of education about lactation. And we get tons of messages from nurses saying, Oh my gosh, this is where I get all my breastfeeding info. So I love that she is thinking about like doing more with lactation. Um, and I love that she's a listener. Thank you so much for writing in and for, you know, being part of our little family and send us your reviews. We would love to hear from you and love to know what works for you and just, you know, all about your journey. Share with us because we love it. And you can email it to us like Tori did, or you can put it on iTunes, which helps us a lot, helps boost the podcast ratings a lot. So you can do it that way too. And that is our review of the week. And I do want to say like really quickly, we're on Amazon now. And I didn't really realize that, but today my husband was downstairs making, you know, doing the dog food, which is a whole routine. But, and he goes, Alexa, play the badass breastfeeding podcast. And I all of a sudden like hear my voice. Like I need to hear that. But <laughs> all, right. I, all of a sudden talking. So that's kind of cool. So if anybody has an Alexa and you want to just listen to us while you're like cooking dinner, if you have one in your kitchen or wherever you happen to have it. Um, we have them all over the place, but um, I thought that was kind of fun. So yeah, find us. Oh, on they're Alexa. cool. Maybe we should get one. I've always like, I've always. I mean, obviously, I know about them, but I've never considered getting one. But they sound cool. I fight with her on a regular basis. Yeah. 
I feel like I would mostly just be like, Alexa, shut up. I know. Yeah, that's kind of what happens with me. Because it's like, you know, like in my house, it's like, let's get some music going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the kids start fighting and then I'm like sensory overload and I'm like running around trying to turn music off. Turn the kids off. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could. So, yeah. So that's I thought that was kind of fun. But that's cool. Another place to listen to us. Yeah. So if yeah, if you have that, although you're listening to us, so you obviously found a way. Yeah, that's true. We're going to so, talk about nursing yeah. aversion today. Yeah, nursing aversion, man. And I could say I went through it and it's it's funny cuz I look back, I was reading this, we're going to talk about this article um but um and I was reading it and I was like feeling like triggered. <laughs> I was like, oh, "Oh, I remember this." And it's like distant now in the past, so like I haven't thought about it. But I look back at it and I'm like, "Wow, that was a really really intense Terrible thing to go through. So I have a little disclaimer that I want to mention really quickly before we start, because, you know, when I was reading the article and I was going through doing my little research on stuff, uh, anybody who is listening who is pregnant or maybe just starting out in your breastfeeding relationship, I don't want you to think that this is something that's going to happen to you. Like, this is not like a guarantee that because you're breastfeeding, you're going to experience this. This is something that some people experience like I did not experience it, but Abby did. I experienced DMER, but Abby did not like it, everybody has their own journey. So, yeah, it's like and it's so hormonal related, we think. Um, and so we already know how much, you know, see last week's episode on return of your period, mm-hmm. how different everybody's hormones are from each other. So you just, yeah, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. And I always get worried about that. Like when people say, oh, I'm afraid of breastfeeding because of mastitis. I'm afraid of breastfeeding because of plugged ducts. It's like, it's not a guarantee that because people talk about these things that it's going to happen to you. We just want to educate moms and talk about why this happens because nursing aversion is not something that's talked about very frequently. No, it's not. And then people feel like they're the, the, the problem is, is that when it started happening to me, I thought there was something wrong with me because I'd never heard of it before. Um, and that's a problem. So mm-hmm. if it does happen to you, we want you to know about it. So if it does happen to you, that you know that you're not alone and that there are people out there dealing with it and getting through it. And um, that leads into my disclaimer. Because <laughs> I have one too. Um, you know, I know that people want tips on things and they want advice. And, you know, you want to walk away feeling like you're armed for something if it happens to you. And the thing about nursing aversion is that there's very little research on it. And there's very little kind of evidence-based documented um, solutions. So I'm going to talk about some things that worked for me. Um, that doesn't mean that they'll work for you, but but um, they might. Uh, but there's not. So this is going to be an episode where we're really kind of trying to spread like the education and the validation. Um, if this is something that you're going through um, or something that does happen to you, you know, it's happening. And we have do have some resources um, for you, particularly a Facebook group, which I cannot mention enough called um, Nursing Aversion and Breastfeeding Aversion. And that's going to be it is in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Um we will. I if you are suffering from nursing aversion or think that that's what's happening after you listen to this episode, join that group because it's a group full of people who have nursing aversion, and that is where you're going to get a lot of. Because we know, right? If there's not a lot of information out there about what to do about things, we go to each other, and that's and, why we love social media for that purpose. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So let's just start talking about this. The, 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 what prompted me to, I mean, we've done it. I think we've done an episode on nursing aversion before, right? It was before this article though. Before, totally before the article. So I'm connected on Facebook with this um, woman named Melissa Morns, and she is a doctoral candidate at the um, UTS, what's it called? It's called the UTS Graduate School. Australia. In Australia. Yeah. Graduate School of Health and... There's some Just great breastfeeding love. research that comes out of Australia, by the Graduate way. Graduate School of Health. Yeah. So she and a bunch of her colleagues, well, three of our other colleagues, got together and did a meta-analysis of the research that is out there right now, which is very limited. They scoured mm-hmm. the world for information, research about nursing aversion, anything they could get. They found five research articles, um, qualitative articles. There was no quantitative articles available. Um, and they analyzed this research. Uh, and it's really an interesting. So we she reached out to me and she was like, hey, I did this. <laughs> like, look what I did. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And that's when I, I shared it with Diane. And we were like, we should do an episode. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if I could talk about it on, on um, the podcast. And she said yes. Uh, so um, I just want I, I kind of wanted to do a rundown of the article because I feel like it was so like I was reading it and I was just like inside of it. I was like, this is really really, really real. Like this is really capturing, I think. Um, and one thing that I didn't have when I was going through it was knowing that other people were going through it. Um, and so, you know, let's talk, I want to talk for a second about the lack of research and what that says about women's health and the attention that it gets in the world. Mm. Um, there's just nothing out there about it. And we know from anecdotal evidence across social media and across the world that people are going through this and there's, you know, a lot of people are going through it and, and we're not providing funding, you know, for research. And that's just part of the whole greater breastfeeding, breastfeeding topic. Right. Right. Um, There's no money to be made. And so we put very little attention and people will just say, it's another one of those things where it's like, well, just wean, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's that bad, just wean. And it's so, it's so demeaning and it's so not what we need to hear when we're trying to meet a goal. And there's an art, there's a quote in this article that I just love. And it says, breastfeeding provides short-term and long-term health benefits for women, children, and society and is a collective societal responsibility and not the sole responsibility of women. Accurate. And yeah, this is not something that we are supposed to be struggling with by ourselves. There's society should be putting more attention and more effort and more resources into helping breastfeeding be an attainable goal. Um, go ahead. Uh, so when I was, it's funny you brought that up when I was, Abby and I read some different things. So I, of course we both read this article, but then I was looking to see if I could find some other ones too. And I found one. And again, like Abby said, there's not a lot of research on this. And the other article that I was reading, it was a research article, but it was like, they were kind of insinuating that, you know, there's not a lot behind it. We're, you know, going to talk about like the hormonal stuff or whatever. But they were saying that it could be your body's response to wanting you to wean. Yeah, a biological response, a biological sign that it's time to wean. Or it could Uh be like uh, just, you know, like psychological. Oh, come on. And it's like, 
like you said, that's really a demeaning response, you know, and I think I think of women who you know, breastfeeders that might be going into their doctor's office or saying to their, you know, their family members or friends, even I'm having like, I'm, ugh, I just can't take it anymore. And people think, well, maybe that's a sign that you need to stop now. You know, so about what your body's rejecting breastfeeding. Yeah. Your body's just rejecting. Yeah. And how come I'm feeling this, but the, but my friend over here doesn't. Right. I'm getting signs. I'm getting these like these like cosmic signs to wean, but like my friend's not. Like she gets to just breastfeed as long as she wants, but I'm getting a sign from the universe. It's time for me to wean. Right. Doesn't make any sense. First of all, why do we have to constantly equate things with like weaning? I know. And some people experience aversion when they're like at various times. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and so uh, no, it's very frustrating. And this is exactly why you know, more attention and more research needs to go into this and all things breastfeeding related because it's so written off. It's so constantly written off. And I mean, any basically, you know, we we talk all the time about how you go to your doctor's office and, you know, things like postpartum depression are often not talked about. And that's something that's, I think, at least a little bit more in the mainstream conversation. This is something that's not this is not talked about at all. So if you go in and you describe these things, they're going to be like, oh my God, you need to wean. Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding just isn't for you. And so if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to talk a little bit about this. So in this article, there was they came up with um, one central conceptual category of it's just a strong feeling of get away from me. Mm. <laughs> and I, I love it. That. It's so yeah. Ar- yeah, it's so. So then there's four key metaphors that go along with this um, and quote, I do it. I do it because I feel it's best for my baby end quote. Um, and quote, I can't control these feelings end quote. And quote, I should be able to breastfeed and enjoy it, end quote, end quote, I am glad I did it, end quote. So they go through all of these things they found in these research articles, these kind of key um, ideas, concepts, metaphors that people were saying. And they go into the, the, the article then is going into deeper analysis of each of these things, which is fascinating to me because um, it's just so relatable. I know that they didn't write, you know, they're not doing research so that like people can, you know, research isn't to like help individuals feel validated, but I sure did because I'm just going, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes. The whole time. (laughs) So um, one of the things they talked about too is how unexpected it is and how that plays such a big role in people's, um, feelings of not being able to handle it because it's just, there's no warning. There's no, you know, it's not something that you expect. It is a totally expected. There's certain things that you might expect. I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't expect, especially in parenthood. Um, but this is completely unexpected. And, um, you know, and, and it just brings on pretty much every negative emotion. Um, and they go to lengths to kind of say that um, there is, you know, that they uh, Diane was talking about DMER and the how they they are trying to kind of have a conversation about identifying this as something a little bit different. Yes, I, um, I was really glad that they mentioned that there is there are differences between the two, and I don't want one to be mistaken for the other because they're very different. Yeah, and so can you explain DMER for, for us briefly? DMER is dysphoric milk ejection reflex and that is when your milk lets down 
and you just have this feeling of like just like ugh or like just dread like someone died yeah it's just like suddenly a very, like someone you're in like a but then sorry. it passes after your milk lets down it yeah. just kind of like as you get into that feeding you start feeling more and more regulated and a little bit more normal again and it can be very very strong for some women very very like where they just they dread that you know that letdown happening. They they dread the feedings. Um, it's very very different than nursing aversion. It's it's not the same feelings at all, um, from what right. I understand. Yeah, but it it happens at different times. It happens for different reasons. So that's why I'm afraid that when people talk about like, oh, I get these bad feelings when I'm nursing, that people are going to mistake it for DMER. Or people are going to mistake nursing aversion, but they're right. very it's different. It's important to make the distinction. Distinction, yeah. And the article also goes on to make a distinction between, you know, with uh, women that have histories of child sexual assault mm -hmm. um, and how the feelings of dissociation and triggered trauma in that are something are a kind of a obviously they could be related to each other. But that's also a, a, a distinction from nursing aversion. Um, but a little bit along that line, I've said this before and have secretly been reached out to by quite a few people. Um, you know, saying, thanking me for saying it because they thought they were crazy. But nursing aversion can sometimes feel sexual, which which just adds to your repulsion of the feelings that you're that you're having. Um, and so a lot of some people do f feel that. I have I had a friend who was just like I weaned um when I started feeling or when I was pregnant because it started to feel too sexual. And that's something that can happen. And that can really obviously bring on some really scary feelings for you. Um, but that does happen. And you're not crazy. And um, that's what I wanted to say. Should and we, I feel like we should get maybe into the meat of this, like after a break. Yeah. Not to the meat of it, but the, but the, the uh, analyzing those little quotes because yeah. they're fantastic. That sounds good. I love how they broke that article up. I just want to say that like. Like with those different quotes and yeah. things. I love that. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that after we talk hear from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Milk Saver on the go is a mini version of the original Milk Saver loved by so many. The original Milk Saver is perfect for using on the opposite breast while breastfeeding to collect the letdown. But what about in between feedings or when you're out and about? The Milk Saver on the go is a discreet breast milk collection system designed to collect leaking breast milk when you are not feeding so you don't waste any more breast milk to a breast pad. The breast shells can be tucked right inside your shirt and then placed and then place your nipple right in the hole inside your bra and to put your nipple in the hole. The unique oblong shape allows you to collect more milk than other brands. Each shell holds about one ounce of milk and people are collecting several ounces a day to add to their stash. It's not a pump. There is no work for you to do. It also helps protect sore nipples from rubbing and chafing while they heal. Head to fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use promo code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packed, packaged in California. The leave-in conditioner's lightweight formula is made with nourishing emollients and arnica for split ends, making it ideal for detangling and eliminating frizz from damaged hair. The Miracle Detangler is perfect to make 
combing hair easy for babies, toddlers, children, and anyone with long hair. The rosemary can help prevent lice. All of Original Spelch products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. They are not just for babies anymore. Check out the entire line at OriginalSprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. Um, And these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. Uh, our show notes will also include further information about things that we talk about in this episode. This episode is going to have tons. Um, at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own online lactation consultation with Diane. Yeah. You have a shout out? And I do have a shout out. Our shout out of the week is to Black Women Birthing. You can find them on Instagram at Black Women Birthing. You can also find them them at BlackMomLife.com. It's really awesome um, website here that's got, uh, seems like they have a lot of um, blogs about like kind of natural parenting stuff, baby wearing, um, you know, home birthing, uh, pregnancy, breastfeeding stuff. So that's a really great resource. And their Instagram at Black Women Birthing is incredible i don't know where these instagram accounts get these photos um the birthing it's just it's literally black women birthing and the incredible images of birthing and um home birthing and 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 just lots of information i'm just looking at it right now of of, um, a little video of um a midwife um stroking her hands up and down the umbilical cord of a placenta that's been birthed. It's amazing. Mm. So check them out. And that's all I got. Awesome. All right. So let's get into this. Yeah. So they start with, um, it's such a strong feeling of get away from me, uh, which I just feel like is so worded. So obviously somebody who's experiencing this said that. (laughs) Um, So they say women describe the feelings of of, um, irritation, anxiety, anger, and a strong, strong desire to unlatch. Um, almost so strong that you would just smack your baby off of your breast. I'm saying that myself. Uh, descri- it's described as intense, visceral, and overwhelming, irritating to the nerves, to the point of revulsion. Um, and quotes, it's a sudden rush that makes me want to pull my son off immediately and run away. It's just kind of feels like, I don't know, like I never want to be touched again. It's a physical reflexive, reflexive sensation that is intense and overwhelming, like the creepy crawlies and can't stay still and toe curling. I feel like my skin was crawling. The feeling continues through the entire nursing session until unlatched. Although I will say that when I was going through this, my, my, it, this was probably a psychological response to this physical experience. But my son, it didn't happen with, it happened when I, it's, I, it started with me when I was pregnant with Exley. When I was nursing Jack and it just hit me one day and it never went away for three and a half years of tandem nursing. Um, there were obviously better times than others, not to like freak anybody out who's, you know, in it for the tandem nursing. But um, um, what the hell is my point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my the psychological reaction. So at some point when Jack would like walk near me, 
I would feel just like this. Uh, oh. Like I could feel like he would just come near me. And to this day, if somebody just goes near, like if they if they kind of like brush up against my breast, I'm just like, push them. <laughs> like not. Nope. Yeah. And I'm sure oh. you're going to like mention this, too. And it is in the article in several places that women feel horrible about. Then you have those mixed feelings about. Well, that comes up next. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So some people find it stronger during parts of their cycle. Um, I end up having to take my son off and I can't stand it any longer. And so then we walk into, I do it because I feel it's best for my baby. This is one of the the key metaphors in their, in their research. And this is where the conflict comes in, right? So you have these negative feelings of aversion. And at the same time, these feelings of wanting to breastfeed and wanting to be close to your baby and feeling close to your baby or toddler. Um, and so people continue to breastfeed through these negative feelings uh, because they feel it's best for their baby um, and, you know, have just these intense feelings of, of guilt and shame because, you know, you're feeling so bad about what was supposed to be such a wonderful experience, right? Um, and then this has come to the point where maybe you start talking to somebody about it and then they're like, well, just wean, <sighs> you know, and then you're like, OK, well, then I guess I won't talk about it anymore because yeah. that's not what I'm looking for. Um, and then the next key metaphor is I couldn't control these feelings. And so people describe these feelings as irrational. And some people were alarmed at how strong these feelings were experiences of feelings of wanting to hurt their babies, feeling out of control and powerless, anger, guilt and shame. Um, some took it as a biological sign to wean. Some people are saying this to themselves too. Well, this just must be, you know, biology telling me it's time to wean. Um, and talked a lot about having to take breaks. And I think actually the taking the breaks thing is where this is where I came upon the whole conversation of boundaries and how boundaries became such a passionate thing for me when people would talk about, oh, I'm going to have another baby or I'm pregnant right now, or I have, you know, I'm nursing an older child and a younger child. Um, I feel like boundaries are something that can really help you feel more in control and manage more your um, your body. You know, on times where you're um, not feeling up to it, you can say no. And it's really hard, but we'll direct you to the boundaries episode that could be really helpful. Um, and then the last key one is um, I should be able to breastfeed my child and enjoy it. So here's the like crux of the feelings of their feelings of guilt and disappointment in themselves, either uh, weaning or even not weaning and enduring the um, strained breastfeeding relationship. So people sometimes choose to wean and then they feel guilty. And then sometimes they choose to just continue breastfeeding and then they feel guilty that they're, you know, breastfeeding through um, such a strained breastfeeding relationship. And failing at this to these to many people meant that they were failing at par parenthood altogether, feeling broken, like their body didn't work. And, you know, the article doesn't say this, but I feel like in our current state of like the breastfeeding conversation in the United States where, you know, you have all these kind of made up mommy wars and, you know, there's this just bottle feeder versus breastfeeder kind of thing, um, which is just so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just adds to like, well, I didn't get to breastfeed. So now I'm one of these, you know, I'm one of these failed breastfeeding people. Um, and then this pressure plays a part in it too, where you're feeling kind of pressure to breastfeed, even maybe if you would choose weaning, if you felt like you could. Um, and this is again, I think why we need to have more education and more support and acceptance from society and medical professionals so that whatever your choice is, you know, you have the resources to, 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 to reach your goals. Um, and so that's pretty much, that was the crux of those quotes. I feel like they were just 
that's what I feel like people don't have access to. They don't have access to people who are saying these things that um, are just very relatable if this is what you're going through. Right. You should just at least have a safe place where you can talk about this without somebody telling you what you need to do about it. Sometimes there's not much you can do about it, but find ways to cope. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll go through that when we're done talking. I'll talk a little bit about the tips that I have for Mm -hmm. coping. Because the coping is a right word. It's not like fixing it. It's not, you know, because these are things that we don't, you can't fix it. You can't take it away, really. But you can cope if it's something that you choose to do. And you can also wean. There's no weaning police. People might think there are, but there's not. (laughs) But that's parenthood, right? I mean, we just need to cope a lot of the time. Right. That's some, true. Some points of parenthood are going to be better than others. But it's, you know, coping is important to find your yeah. find your village with that. And there was actually one final um, key metaphor that they talked about, which was, I'm glad I did it. And there were a lot of people who had a really positive spin on um, maybe healing from past trauma or um, reaching breastfeeding goals, even though it was hard and persevering through that. People felt really good about themselves. Um, but there's, um, Nikki Patrick is a admin at the Badass Breastfeeder, a friend of mine. She's been on the podcast and she's very open about her history of childhood sexual assault and how breastfeeding, she talks about breastfeeding being, um, an avenue that she was able to like heal a lot of her past trauma and a lot of the trauma she has around her, around her body. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, there was, you know, the, the article talked a little bit about that too, about how, you know, breastfeeding, um, you know, works as a way of healing for a lot of people. And, you know, obviously, as we know, overall, just a, an empowering thing to reach those goals. Yeah. And I'm going to, we'll put, you know, in the show notes, you can find, um, the Nikki's, um, episode and then the blog she wrote for my, for the badassbreastfeeder.com, um, which is really, really incredible. Yeah. It's fantastic. All right. So, Show, share some coping mechanisms with us. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, again, this is just for me. So my big number one piece of advice for anybody who's going through this is to go to Facebook and join the Nursing Aversion, Breastfeeding Aversion Facebook group. That is what was created by Melissa Morins, who actually, who was the one who wrote this article. Um, so I suggest going there. That is my number one. I didn't know about that when I was going through it. So if anybody is going through this now, um, that is a resource for you that is just, I feel like is just invaluable. Um, the first thing that I did was remain overhydrated. Was I always, always constantly drinking water up to my eyeballs in water. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, of course, a lot of these, a lot of these pieces of advice are going to sound annoying. And they're kind of overall the general pieces of advice, like get sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get, you know, sleep will help. When you're extra tired, it's going to be worse. And so maybe you can't get extra sleep, but at least know that if you're tired and you're feeling the feelings of aversion um, more strongly that day, it's because you're tired. It's not because you're crazy. It's not because, you know, it's just more than, you know, it's, it's beating you down or something. You can at least know that maybe that's why today maybe feels a little bit worse. Yeah. When you know what some of your triggers yeah. are, you can handle it maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Right. And then stress for the same thing. I mean, stress is unavoidable. Um, but know that if you're stressed, that it might feel stronger. Um, one of the things that I did that I'm actually, I, I was, I've, people have um, 
replied with how maybe it's not a good idea. And I kind of see what they're saying. Um, I would take to my phone when I was nursing like Jack. The worst part was when I was nursing, nursing Jack to sleep at night because he, you know, he's latched on. He's older. I was having the aversions. And I, so I would just bring my phone and I would look at my phone and I would go to like the most controversial thing I could find and read the comments, make or like make my grocery list or plan my week and anything to kind of distract myself. Um, and you know, that helped me in the times where I really needed to kind of get through something. Um, some people are like, you know, if you do that all the time, you're really kind of ignoring your feelings, which is true, which is what a lot of us were taught to do, which is maybe why I did this. Cause I was just like, Hmm, what are some ways I can ignore my feelings? Um, so, you know, if you, it, it's a tool, it's, it's a, a tool. tool if you yeah. need it. Yeah. Um, I would, this is going to sound really bad. Again, it's a tool when I needed to really get through something. I would like pull my hair or pinch my skin to distract myself from the aversion, mm-hmm. which sounds really bad, but I did it. It works. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, and boundaries. That is my big, 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 you know, I'm always on my soapbox, soapbox about um, boundaries. And again, that link is in the, in the show notes uh, for boundaries. I, Highly recommend them. And if you're tandem nursing, if this is something that's happening while you're tandem nursing, something that made it so much worse for me was when I was nursing them both at the same time. So you can have a strict one at a time rule. And that was what it became at my house. One at a time, get in line. (laughs) So So those are my top tips. So how do you, now that you're through it and past it, are you one of those people like in the article that says, I'm really glad that I did it. I'm really glad I stuck it out. Or do you kind of feel like I, that that time of your life was so affected by it that you wish you had weaned? Well, that's funny. Cause I said, as I was reading this, I was just like, you know what? I would never do it again. If I, if I could do, if I, if I, you know, right now, if I had another child and I was, you know, tandem nursing or whatever, it happened again, I would just wean. And I, Last night I was sitting with Josh and he was like, what's your, what are you doing? And I was preparing for this, for this podcast. So I was talking to him about it and I was like, you know, I should have just weaned. I should have just weaned. And then, you know, I was sitting there for a second and I was like, no, that was not an option. Like weaning Jack was not something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to wean. And it was very clear to me then, you know, when I had certainly thought about weaning and it was not what I wanted to do. And so now I feel like, we did what we had to do and we got through it Mm -hmm. and maybe I would do it again. It was hard, but it's also something that passes, you know, this period of time is, is short. And if you choose to wean great. And if you need help, let us know. We will help you. No judgment at all. Oh, no judgment. I have ways to help. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, if you choose to keep going, you know, one of the things that you can tell yourself is that this is just a very short period of time in your life. And I don't, none of my kids breastfeed anymore. They're still young. Um, and it's like, I barely, I almost don't even remember breastfeeding and all of that, you know, all of that crazy breastfeeding kind of phase. And I breastfed for a long time. Of yeah. Jack was gonna have. You know, we did it for a really long time. And but still, even now, it feels like distant. It feels, you know, I think I I am content with um letting Jack wean when he was ready. 
because he's such a highly sensitive kid. I really truly believe that that was the best thing for him. I thank my lucky stars for boundaries. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it. That's good. So there is the other side. Yeah, there is the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I really don't, you know, I think back, you know, I really wanted to be like, no, I would wean. I wouldn't put myself through that again. But actually, when I think about it, no, I think we did the right thing. I think we did. I think I did what, what, you know, I did what I wanted. I do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) F you people. I do what I want. Uh, Yeah. That's awesome. So I know I've been talking the whole time, Diane. Do you have things to say? No, and I'm I'm really glad to have you share your story with it because I think that's way more powerful than me just talking about like the research study, you know, because this is real life stuff that does not get talked about enough. And I'm really glad that we could bring this information. And if anything else, like you were saying earlier, you know, we don't really have like a way to fix it, but I would love it if people took this information and shared it with others. You know, whether it be your pediatrician or your OB or, you know, uh, another friend who's maybe experiencing it or something, um, because you never know who you're going to be able to help with this information. And that's how it gets out there. That's how we end up supporting each other. And maybe someday somebody will pick it up and do more research on it. Maybe one of these nurses that are listening <laughs> will pick it up and do some totally. research on it. But this is how it gets out there. Yeah. And um, I actually wrote at the time when I was going through it, I wrote a blog about it. That's in the show notes. Um, It's like real time, kind of raw, what I was doing, you know, what I was feeling and going through at the time. So if you are looking for because now it's like I'm talking about it It was like years ago. And this might sound a little, you know, just disconnected. But um, if you want to check out if you're going through it or whatever, and you need if you want a story to connect to that's in the show notes, too. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And if anybody has anything else they need from us, definitely reach out because we get it. Oops. I just bashed my glasses onto the microphone. Sorry. Abby (laughs) feels really strongly about this topic. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Okay. Have a great week. week. See ya. Bye.